0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers Podcast, your latest source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and just before we start today, we do have a bit of a mic issue on my dad's end, just some stuff going on with technical difficulties, so sorry if the audio quality is a little different than usual, but we think it'll still be very solid, and the analysis will hopefully make up for it. But, Dad, how you doing?
1: I'm doing okay. I'm uh, holed up here in San Francisco. Yeah,
0: um, and watching the Packers get a win on a Sunday football, afternoon. Watching
1: the Packers get a win.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's what we can ask for, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, just a win today a- was all we could ask for.
0: Yes. If you didn't know, the Packers this afternoon beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa by a score of 14 to 12 coming down to the very last play, essentially about as close as you can get. And we are here today to break it down for you we are also you can find us on twitter just before we get started we want to plug some things find us on twitter at father son packer we tweet a lot of packers news and notes and what our thoughts on that news and notes are so come give us a follow at father son packer like i said before and then on youtube all of our podcasts can also be found at father son packers podcast uh give us a subscribe you know really help us grow our base we'd really appreciate it but uh dad you ready to jump into it
1: sure we're ready to get going and uh Give our thoughts and whatever analysis we, we, we've had so far.
0: Whatever we can, you know. Whatever we're qualified to do, which
1: isn't much. But, what other information know. we can extract from today's mess?
0: <laughs> yes, but we always like to start with, we do these breakdowns after every game. We always like to start with our gut reactions before we really dive into the deep stuff. Uh, Dad, what were your gut reactions from this game?
1: So for all my kind of big pic- big pictures that an ugly win is Better than a pretty loss for Amen. the final outcome. Uh, by the end of the season, this is going to be a really important win. And something I feel like we needed to get back on schedule for the final standings after that bad first week. There's a big difference in, in likelihood of making the playoffs if you're 2-1 and one versus 1-2. One and, mm-hmm. and so this is essentially a, a stolen win in some respects. Uh, I guess a good team on the road is is a a really high value win so that that part i'm happy about
0: yeah my my gut check time as we like to call this segment is kind of in line with what you said it's hard to win on the road it's hard for the packers to win in florida it's hard to win on the road versus playoff teams in florida so i would say like results wise this is awesome like this is going to be very important at the end of the year it's great to get a win it's hard to get these wins versus good teams so results wise, A plus. But I would say like gut reaction wise process the process of how they got to this win leaves me a little bit worried. And that's something we will kind of talk about. Going forward, when we get into our more deeper analyses of this game. But let's start with a quick injury report. We do have a couple things that we want to note. Jair Alexander left this game very early, almost in the first, I think in the first drive of the game, with a groin injury and did not return. Uh, Matt LaFleur said he was in good spirits in the locker room after the game, so hopefully he doesn't miss too much time. And Ryan Wood uh, spoke to him after the game and he, uh, Jair told him that. He felt his groin kind of pull a little bit on the first play of the game, but Jair did say, "quote I'll be all right. I feel good. So hopefully not missing much time there." Uh, Dad, you got any thoughts on that one? For the Jair? Yeah, for Jair. I feel like that's that's one of the that's probably the biggest. That was the
1: you know, the, the most yeah. worrisome one. I mean, think probably had the biggest impact on the game as the game went on. Um, you know, I think that people filled in for him pretty admirably, but yeah. uh, to be missing our number one cover corner. Is never easy. So we're hoping this is very short term.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I think at least what we can draw out of it is it's not too major, I think. I think it would be a bit more doom and gloom if it was a really major injury. I would be surprised if he doesn't miss time, just given how the Packers treat injuries. But no doom and gloom yet, at least.
1: Yeah, these are the kind of conditions that are just really ripe for some kind of pulled muscle.
0: Yeah, so if you guys didn't know, it was about 95 degrees and crazy humidity because it was Tampa, Um, and it was you could tell the players were getting affected. Players were vomiting on the sideline. Alan Lazard threw up after his touchdown. Uh, Players were cramping up for both teams. It was a bit of a mess out there, and that kind of leads into our next injury. Uh, Josh Myers had to leave the game near the end of the game with cramps and I believe did not return. According to Wes Hodkiewicz, it was just cramping, though. So you hope that Which that doesn't. Which is really
1: good news. When they, I couldn't quite tell what they were working on with him. I yeah. was afraid he. I wasn't sure if they were because of the angle of the camera whether they were looking at his ankle or testing his knee. Well, and he dealt and
0: he dealt with a knee injury last year, so yeah, that would be the worst case scenario. It was, it was a little scenario. hard to tell what
1: they were working on there, so I was a little worried they were like you know stress testing his knee from the from the the, the view they gave, but so if they're just stretching out his toes to, because of his because cramping that that would actually be um, really. good. Um, almost best-case scenario for something that would make him leave the field but not be long-term.
0: Yeah, and then another piece of the injury report is uh, David Bakhtiari was active today and played. He played every other series. Him and Yash Naiman switched off, uh, which is something that we'll probably delve a bit deeper into. Um, Actually, let's just talk about it now. Dad, what do you think about the Packers' approach of having them switch off? I thought Bakhtiari looked very good when he was in there.
1: I thought it was good. I was a little surprised that, you know, I didn't hear about, I don't think I uh, heard that until game time about doing the switching back and forth thing. But I think he continued through the end of the game. He didn't miss his turns. So that would suggest he made it through the game without any setbacks.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed at least. We'll see. So how it feels throughout the week a lot for the Lions right, one a lot of, for the Lions one he made it through that game fine and then it swelled up, up on him in practice he made it through the amount he was going to play he stopped short but the whole team stopped short
1: yeah it was a little unclear though uh, yeah, because at one point they said that he did sustain a re a new injury or you know, re injury during that Lions game
0: well he made it I don't through, know how
1: long it took to but I think the big thing the big picture of what you what you mean is that for him it's always been how the knee reacts after activity
0: exactly and, and so, so it we'll seems see if like
1: if it swells up and stiffens up or not
0: yeah i would say we're not out of the woods yet but i think overall for the not like information we have now today was a very good success for bakhtiari he played well i thought i i have to go back and rewatch the game to really be sure of that but it felt like he was playing pretty well out there felt like he was moving well in the run game which i feel like was the most important thing i had a little less worry about pass protection than I did run game just for the movement aspect of it I thought he was moving well but that was I think the other biggest news of this game is that Bakhtiari played which is just it's awesome it's great for him it's great for the Packers they need him they need him badly um you just hope shut up the haters yeah you hope this is step one of like the progress back and that you know he's just keep stacking good days yeah But that is the injury report for the Packers. Thankfully, not too much to go with there. You just hope that Jair and Myers are okay and Bakhtiari continues to progress. But, Dad, let's uh, move into our game breakdown and start with the offense. Do you want to start with your – well, let me just explain to any new listeners we have out there. We often do – this game breakdown is a bit more of a deep dive analytically and statistically into kind of how the Packers played and uh, just more detailed analysis essentially, not always statistics. Um but we're going to start with uh, one good thing and one bad thing we each have essentially for the offense, and then we'll do one good thing and bad thing for the defense. And then, if the special teams was notable, we'll do a couple notes on that. But Dad, do you want to start with your good or bad thing for the offense, whichever you want to? Sure. Go and with. It
1: seems I'm taking liberties with the word one <laughs> good thing or one bad thing. I may have more than one. A few
0: good <laughs> things <laughs> or bad things. You will. <laughs> we're going to have a series. A, a, volume a, one
1: volume Good. one a bad thing on a,
0: offense volume one, one
1: plus or minus several um so the first thing i wanted to mention is that i, I really liked um how they used dobbs in this game and that they took you know they they took some sort of intermediate maybe not really downfield shot but some intermediate shots with him and you know they said before the game that he was gonna you know possibly get a lot of usage and he did he had the most targets he had Eight targets and eight catches, which are both the most for any individual player this season in any game, mm-hmm. um, and he ended he up with 73, seventy-three yards and a touchdown as well. Not the he most was, yards per game. Um, I think that's I think that's Watkins from last game with a ninety-three. He was,
0: he was the best. Pa- I think. I don't think it's a stretch to say he was the best Packers offensive player today. Yeah, I, I don't that's think that's a stretch to fair. say that at all. Like he, he was looked
1: really, he was the offense was working. Yeah,
0: when they gave him the ball, and he was he was he was winning deep, he was winning short with yards after catch, and he's winning in the middle of the field. Um, you want to see them maybe take a few more deep shots to him,
1: but I would like to see more even intermediate shots and deep shots.
0: But we'll get to that. I would just later. love to see him get the ball more. I mean, eight targets is pretty good though. You can't eight be too mad speed. at eight targets, and at they still um,
1: spread the ball around. Like they had seven different players who catches. I think last week they had eight. But considering that they were missing a couple of uh, their receivers, that's that's um, understandable. I liked what Cobb with the ball did with the ball in his hands today. He had Cobb
0: Cobby looks yards good. yards
1: after catch looked fantastic on both of those catches.
0: They Making need to give him the ball more. He only had two catches, right? down
1: the field, to uh, he had the two catches for. I don't remember how many. I don't know what the yardage is off the top of my head, but they.
0: I like, think he had two he was, for forty.
1: He, he made them count.
0: Yeah, I think he had two for forty. Let me double check that really quick. Uh, Two for fifty-seven with a long of forty.
1: Yeah, so he was moving with the ball in his hands. Looked really good. Um,
0: but yeah, I think I think those receivers played very well.
1: But I I I would say
0: for the most part the receivers looked pretty good, even if the offense didn't look good.
1: Right. It was sort of the the it was interesting. The there are a few parts that looked good. On offense of the game. And then there were a lot of sort of segments that looked really bad. But
0: then. I the would s- say it's more. I would s- say it was more than segments.
1: <laughs> but what, It was yeah, a lot was like more than more, segments. It was more than half the game. And what, we'll talk about that, game, I think. On the whole, it actually doesn't look that ugly. Uh, so the last thing I wanted to say was about that. So the Packers' offense had 6.88 yards per dropback and 7.29 yards per attempt for the game. Mm-hmm. So that's. Of course, averaging some really good play at the beginning and some really crappy play after that, but those numbers would have finished sixth and fourth, respectively, last year for Football Outsiders. So that's actually a pretty good overall output, even though it was very uneven. So let's, uh now you can go to uh, your yeah. your good things,
0: and I think I think my bad thing is kind of the same as yours. So maybe I'll just take the time here to go good straight into bad, if that's fine with you. Yeah, why offense. don't you?
1: Why don't you? Uh, you know, go back to back with your good things and bad things, and then I'll circle back to my,
0: yeah. to my bad so, things. Yeah, so good thing. Much like, much like the game itself, it kind of went, the game itself went good to bad. I'm going to go good to bad just describing how I felt about the Packers' offense. And the good thing was essentially the first two drives. The first two drives were excellent. Um, the first drive was 10 plays, 75 yards, 6 minutes and 4 seconds. Second drive was 12 plays, 71 yards, 6 minutes and 49 seconds. And scored a touchdown on both drives. Up early, up 14-3, to 3, feeling very good. All the momentum. Third drive comes, uh, and they're driving down the field. They've gone 70 yards. They're at the goal line. And then Aaron Jones fumbles at the goal line. He gets hit hard by Vita Vea, dropping into coverage. Don't ask me why Vita Vea was dropping into coverage, but it worked, so whatever I guess um, and then the whole thing fell apart after those three drives where they averaged 9.3 plays, 68.6 yards per drive 10.7 yards per dropback. so every time they went to pass 10.7 yards um, it just all fell apart the next eight drives three plays, eight yards punt four plays, seven yards punt 3 plays 6 yards punt. 3 plays 5 yards interception. 4 plays 18 yards punt. 3 plays 1 yard punt. 4 plays 8 yards punt. 8 plays 37 yards chance to ice away the game punt. And they're averaging in those 8 drives after the Jones fumble, 4 plays per drive, 11.3 yards and no points after the first after those first 3 drives. Like, that is atrocious. And the main thing, the main problem with what was happening in these drives is the passing game just fell apart. They went from, 10, like I said, 10.7 yards per drop back over those first three drives, moving the ball, getting chunk plays to Cobb, um, Dobbs, etc., down all the way to 3.85 yards per drop back. So every time they went back to pass, less than four yards on average. And that's over 20 dropbacks and 12 carries. You know, the run game in general was also a lot of a problem. Um, even, but even on the drives that were like going well, five, plays, uh, five carries for 15 yards on the first drive, uh, four carries for 11 yards on the second drive, and overall just 2.83 yards a carry for the game. But the real difference between those first three drives when they were moving the ball and the other eight drives where they could not buy a first down Was that the passing game went from generating some explosive plays, moving the ball, being efficient, being on time, to just can't figure anything out. Pressure is in your face, you're dumping it off short, you're getting three yards a pass, you're stuck in third downs. And the big thing actually also was they started 5-for-5 on third down and then went 0-9, 0-8 the rest of the way. They went home
1: eight, and then did they? Did they convert? They got funds? one. They got one at the after, end. After missing eight in a row or nine in a row, then they got one.
0: Yeah, but so pretty much, I just to su- summarize it is the big bad. The main bad things were the run game, the whole game, the passing game after the first three drives, and specifically the situational offense on third down after the first three drives. All horrendous. This game should not have been this close. They should have smacked Tampa, and the fact that their offense. Started hot, something bad happened—the turnover—and they just turtled. This happens way too often for the Packers, and is, I think, a major cause of concern for me at least. How do you, how do you feel about it? Because it's it's kind of concerning to me.
1: Yeah, I think what happened when I was when i was just watching the game, the thing was just driving me crazy. If we want to you know, finish going into this part, rather than getting on to, uh, your, when can you know, we can go back and visit some of the other good things that you had.
0: I think we can just we let's just t- tackle, we'll, this, let's tackle this because I think this is – to me at I'm, least this is the most important thing. When
1: I was thing. watching it, I need to go back and rewatch. Is they had all these like two and three yard passes? Uh, and I look at that, uh, you know, some of these. I mean, ones, the stats
0: like, the stats bear it out. They they didn't throw the ball downfield at all in the so, second half, except for that shot, that slot shot to Lazard on the last right. drive or second to last drive of the game.
1: And they kept like you know I'm looking at like after, um, let's see after we got the fumble back from them. Well, I guess there's an eight-yard game, but then incomplete and incomplete. And then in the second half our first possession, three-yard pass uh, for our our first play that counted that wasn't negated by a penalty. Then the next possession, three-yard pass on first, three-yard pass on second. You know, so all these pitiful little short throws um, that weren't going anywhere, they kept having these two- and three-yard plays on first down and second down. Yeah. Um, and so they they were left with these, you know. But they were getting
0: down to third and four. They just could not get anything well, on third. And yeah, four. but
1: well, or third and five, or third and six, and third and four. But the all, all is every play was this little dump down, so that they 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 didn't open up. So when they're dumping it down, because they weren't opening it up, I at least tried to go downfield. There was no yard after catch anymore. I don't and understand they why they and just they weren't turtle. getting the players in in motion, you know, as as they're moving across the field, kind of set up the momentum for a yard after catch. And be, and because they just just I, I abandoned the intermediate and downfield throws, they were kind of stuck where they the the defense is just crowding the line of scrimmage, so there's no run, and these short passes just die immediately. Well, everybody did, is there,
0: but didn't it feel like It felt like, to me, the big change was Bowles was bringing a lot more pressure after those three drives. And so they couldn't hold the ball to take deep shots, but they also weren't punishing the pressure. Like, they were getting the crap blitzed out of them, and they were showing through the broadcast the entire game that Rodgers does amazing versus the blitz. Except for against Tampa, he is terrible <laughs> against the Blitz for some reason. Doesn't make any sense. Todd Bowles is a very underrated head coach, um, underrated defensive mind in general. Um, but it, it it seemed like they couldn't handle the pressure because theoretically you should be able to like get... I know it's harder said than done, but theoretically you should be able to get the ball out quickly when you're getting blitzed like this. And you should right, be able so- to like break one. Or not, not even necessarily break one, but get some yards after the catch. There should be someone open, but they were just unable to do anything. And I feel like Rodgers kind of turtled a little bit. The whole offensive staff kind of turtled. They got so less aggressive just because, something, because this turnover happened. And this happens a lot where they'll ha- be completely chugging. Look, unstoppable on offense. Everything is flowing. It's rhythm. It's beautiful. It's art. And then slam the brakes because something terrible happened and they go into security lockdown and they lock themselves in the building because it's security lockdown and they throw away the key and they're locked up in there. It, it's, yeah. I, I, I don't know. They,
1: they lose aggression. Um, and we can debate who's to blame, but then the whole offense just kind of falls apart.
0: Yeah. And it's um, like, but they're not,
1: they just can't get anything done. Mm-hmm. They're just one three and out after another.
0: And that's what Until it was in the, very the end, second half. They,
1: they, there's a little, um, a little bit of pressure. Then they, then they got a couple more chunk plays.
0: Didn't it feel like I'm, they were playing. But didn't it feel like they were playing not to lose for. Oh, absolutely. The entire. Well, like the it's it's like last had, three had,
1: quarters? It's like the, they went into a prevent offense uh, halfway through the second quarter.
0: They were hanging on by their fingernails to that lead for three whole quarters. That is one of the most stressful regular season games I've ever had to watch. <laughs> they were just. Like. Fingernails drilled into the side of the wall, hanging on for dear life, praying that they could make it out of there with an eight-point lead for three quarters. Like, they were they were just like, please, 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 can this be enough? And it was, but I don't think it usually will be. I don't think that's going to be how it works, usually. You're not always going to face a team without their three best receivers.
1: Yeah, you've got to be willing to take more risks, you know... Even after something goes bad on 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 a drive,
0: and it's it's just frustrating because yes, they won, which is awesome. Love beating Tampa. Love beating Tom Brady. But it's uh, these are issues that have existed the duration of the time under Lafleur, and Lafleur is an excellent coach. All coaches have flaws, but you would like to see them kind of improve on this stuff, and it feels like it's the same. This flaw has been the same flaw with the Packers for th- over three years now, and it costs them games, and it costs them important games, and it's just frustrating to watch them completely like fold in on themselves and tighten up that hard to the point where they can't move the ball at all. After You, you show us you can. You show us you can move the ball. Obviously, the defense makes an adjustment, like, stay aggressive and make an adjustment back. Don't so, just so pray you can question. hold on.
1: I've thought about it for a while that LeFleur is great at setting up a system, designing plays, making a game plan, developing a culture.
0: Sequencing plays, I think, too, within a drive.
1: Excellent but, at. Yes. So that does he have a weakness at figuring out how to change something in the middle of a game to to adjust to what the other team is doing off the top of your is, off the top he, of he your head weakness. off the,
0: off the top of your head can you name a time they were down at half and won i'm sure there has been one but none come to mind at least
1: so, so this this is what I've written. I've thought, I wondered for a while if like is this a weakness of of Lafleur as a coach? The, the one weakness that I can really think of that may be the case, you know. It's a, um, and he, it sucks. He... It sucks that we're talking about this after a win because we won. But anyway, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on this. But that's yeah, one, another another possibility. That yeah.
0: It and it's just frustrating because I think this game should not have been this close. They showed us that they can be a dominant offense. And then it seemed like they just chose not to be for the rest yeah. of the game.
1: But besides that, you know, if you if you take out how well the packs are playing at the beginning, where it's think, oh, this might be a blowout. That would be awesome. I can relax the rest of the day. Before the game started, and you're thinking... Yes.
0: I thought there was no way they won 14, this game 12 going into it.
1: is right around in the wheelhouse of where I thought the final score was going to be.
0: No, I think... I think My prediction was
1: 17-13.
0: Well, I predicted we were going to lose. And the thing right. is... The thing is if you it, it you make a very good point. If you look at it through the lens of how I felt before the game, it's it's great. I thought we were going to get curb stomped. I thought we were going to lose badly. I thought we would maybe score a touchdown. I thought it was going to be really bad. But the, but it, and that's I think it's important to keep that kind of like frame right. of reference. So, but 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 I will say when you look at Thank you, I appreciate. It. Uh, when you look at <laughs> when you look at how they looked early, and then how they just chose not to do that anymore, it's incredibly frustrating because you see the ceiling of this team. And I know it's only three games in. That's also a very important thing to note. It's a whole new offense, new pl- new players, people missing. First game back for Bakhtiari, second game back for Elton. I know
1: but yeah, it's now, just frustrating
0: well, for them to dominate and then not. And it just seemed like a flip, a switch flips as soon as something goes wrong. Like it always has. Yeah.
1: Now allow me to retort. <laughs> Another way to look at it is that we stole this game by getting off to a hot start on the road.
0: That's true. That is the if positive. you want to look at it a, a little
1: positive spin that we got off to a hot start and that allowed us to steal this game. That's true. On the road at their place. In- it is it is a in theft. nasty conditions where we always struggle.
0: That's true. This is not the kind of game the Packers would normally win. And just to kind of emphasize that, uh, according to Matt Schneidman, the Packers were previously three and twenty-seven when they scored less than fourteen points since two thousand eight. So, not bad to take one from the from Tampa Bay on the road in. Yeah against tom brady so the,
1: the further i get from actually watching the game the yeah, better i, the, I feel the, about the, it
0: yeah exactly <laughs> the result is awesome they were not supposed to win this game it's just it's it's a frustrating win but it is a win but anyway let's uh do you want to move on to the defensive side of the ball because that will be a little more fun okay do you you want to start you want to start bad or good how do you want, i kind of want to end on a good note do you want to start with the bad and then we'll we'll talk about the good for a little longer or how do you want to do it
1: Okay, so let's get on to defense. You want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Um, you can go first. Okay, I'll start off with my bad things. I think some of our bad things might be similar. Yeah, go, so, go ahead, and I'll just add in. I'll sprinkle in my thoughts. Is that uh, at the end? That last yep. play coordination broke down in the defense. It was like they weren't even prepared for the snap at that t- like at the edge of the two minute warning. They're yeah. running around not knowing who's on what assignment not necessarily ready for the ball to be snapped
0: and just as a a bit of an overview we'll go into the earlier part of the game when we talk about the good for the defense but the defense was very rock solid the entire game and then as my dad and i are about to talk about so that we can end on a good note the bad is that last drive was so damn horrible they allowed 13 plays 89 yards in two minutes and 50 seconds dead what yeah, do you? They, well, how does that, that make they, you
1: feel? How does that make you feel?
0: It makes me feel awful.
1: Yeah, I, I think they they kind of went into it. Every fan hates like the prevent mode. It drives everybody bonkers for every fans of every team. For you know what we you this know what is, we say this about back prevent fifty years. It you know what from we winning. say
0: about prevent defense that it prevents you from winning. <laughs>
1: But there were a couple other small issues I had that the defense I think had a few struggles the rest of the game. I think they they didn't get consistent pressure on Brady, despite the weekend off Can we line. wait? They
0: can ha- we can we talk about the prevent defense just a little bit more because oh, I think it's about, important.
1: Well, okay, I didn't have much to say, so you can come in with your add your pre, your prevent defense um, thoughts now.
0: Yeah, I mean, when are NFL defensive coordinators going to learn? Like they were playing prevent defense with four minutes left. Like this isn't a minute. This isn't forty-five seconds. There were four minutes on the clock, and they had, I think, two of their timeouts. What are we preventing?
1: They <laughs> like, had all the time they needed. They didn't like just the, play the defense. Idea of, the idea of prevent defense is you are making them trade time for yards. They but if they playing... had plenty of time, then it's a totally wasted exercise.
0: And they were playing prevent defense, and letting them go out of bounds. Like at least
1: keep them in the middle. Like if the, this even, was if it was actually... in the... even if it was a minute,
0: even if it was and a half, they probably still would have made it down the field.
1: I I do have in my notes one of the things I, is that you know, still I think like too many pass catchers running open. It wasn't only at the end of the game, and that often they were near the sidelines, like um. Was a Cameron Brate running wide open on the right hand side, or Cole Beasley going open on the left side, just, where they were able to get just
0: complete open, coverage bust
1: receivers on a couple of a couple like three or four occasions even before the um, two minute drill.
0: Yeah, just a complete coverage bust, and they they got the ball, so they got the ball at three minutes and four seconds, um, and they had it down to the Green Bay twenty two at one thirty one or 1 126. So in a little over a minute and a half, they drove it from the Tampa Bay 11 to the Green Bay 22, which just can't happen. I mean, if you look at the percent chance to win at the start of that drive, the Packers had a 95% chance yes. to win.
1: What was it they, down to by the end? I it got, got down to – uh,
0: it only – I mean, I'm surprised it didn't drop further, honestly. It didn't feel like this to me, but it dropped down to 78%. They lost 17% like, ch- odds of winning, which yeah, is cause, 1 in cause, 5, Because that,
1: that drive could win it. Yes, it they needed the two-point conversion.
0: But that's after they scored the touchdown. Once they scored the touchdown, it was 78% like the Packers had a chance to win before the penalty. So before the so, delay of game, but after the touchdown, it had been a yeah, 17% and, and You know
1: exactly why that is. A 2%, a, 2%, a 2% try is only good half the time. Mm-hmm. And then it's a 50-50 position after that. Yep. In overtime. So they only had a quarter chance of winning even after the touchdown.
0: Didn't feel Based like it. I'm going to tell you right prob- now. It did not feel like it. <laughs>
1: Based on league-wide probability.
0: Don't you Though agree I do that feel like if they scored that two-point conversion, they are winning that game?
1: <laughs> they're, getting the, they're, they're winning the coin toss. They're
0: winning the coin and toss. March- the Packers win. are not getting the ball back.
1: And, right, they're going to watch the field and get a touchdown. Although that's, that's really not entirely
0: fair to the defense. The let's defense. let's 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 talk positives about the defense. Let's you flip
1: to, over to. Uh, did you yeah? Did you get all of your criticisms yeah, of the defense in first? My only
0: my only criticisms. My only criticism was the prevent defense last possession. Everything else, defense stand up because you are the guys that won this game. They held Tom Brady at home. I know he had limited weapons. Let's preface all of this with. One, two, three. His three of <laughs> but, his top four guys were out.
1: What? But you know what he said. What he said? Beasley. I've been thrown to this guy for twenty years.
0: That was very funny. Yes, he is a small Wes Welker yeah, like Wes clone. He is a small Wes Welker, Julian <laughs> Edelman,
1: Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola. I mean, how many of these guys are there?
0: Yeah, and it's um, Who always looks, seem
1: to run open on slants. After, how you know, are these
0: guys always open? I don't I feel like These guys it. are
1: always breaking wide open across the middle on some kind of quick slant,
0: and they're it's always always covered by a linebacker. It's like there's some hidden written rule that Belichick <laughs> unlocked once upon a time that like you have to guard slot rece- these small slot receivers with a linebacker, and then, uh, oops, ipso facto, we lose. Um, <laughs> but I think yes, let's.
1: Kind of, but you wanted to go on to your good points about the let's, defense.
0: Let's talk about the defense because the defense was was pretty good. Um, oh, I think it was very good. I think I think yeah, it was very good. Um, let's, you know, let's start with yours because you kind of have a bit more of an in depth um, breakdown okay. of the drive by drive of how they did, and then I'll talk a little bit about uh, third down and some of the individual players.
1: Okay, so a couple of things. I, as one is just shout out to the run defense. Um, yes. there are a lot of what you call a win for the defense where it's like less than three yards, not enough to like work its way to it for a first down.
0: Yeah. Less and than overall three yards they only gave down. up
1: 34 yards on 14 carries for 2.4 yards per carry. So we were talking about how much trouble the Packers had running. Yeah. The bucks were worse. Yep. Um, In more then, favorable
0: and more favorable running conditions when you're down, it's easier to run.
1: Yeah. Right. Cause you're playing the other teams playing light boxes to, uh, Guard yeah. Against the pass, that's a and that's then, a great point on the
0: on the run defense.
1: And then for the Tampa Bay drives overall, like through the bulk of the game, so they had like the first drive where they went ten plays for forty eight yards and a field goal, and then the last mm-hmm. drive where they got eighty four yards and a touchdown. In the ten yards in between, they only had one drive for more than five plays, and only two drives for more than twenty yards. So I mean, if you
0: it. take out that last drive, this is a master class. This is a, this is a master class if you take out that last drive.
1: Yeah. So the average yards per drive for Tampa for the game, 23.75. That would have been last in 2021 for mm. the season on average. And then in, in, in past defense, they only gave up five point five seven yards per drop back um which on for their for the um defense would have been third last year. And by third the way, Replay was fourth last year. I was surprised huh. to look that up in yards per drop back. And they gave up six um twelve yards per attempt, which would have been about twelfth. So a little bit, you know, just above the middle of the pack in mm-hmm. yards per per uh, I feel that yards per dropback.
0: I feel yards per drop back is a better stat because it does take right. into account sacks.
1: Right. So one thing for the for the listeners out there, the yards per drop back are pass attempts plus sack, being that the sack is a passing a, play. A called they pass just, play. A called passing play. That they just could, couldn't get the pass off in time before they got tackled. So yep. it also accounts for the net passing yards, so the yards lost for the uh, in the in the sacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I so think, those were sort of the the, the the my main takeaways for how the defense performed. Yeah, that, that, and I think good.
0: situationally. Just to tack on to what you were saying, and uh, keep in mind all of this without Jair Alexander. Um, yeah, he
1: was. He he made it through less than the first
0: possession. Yeah, uh, just a quick uh, thing. Keyshawn Nixon played out of his damn mind on every every facet of the football
1: game. Man, we are Special so lucky teams we added and him defense. For, we got him for a song too. Again, another. Yeah,
0: he's he's good. He's he can play in the slot. He forced that second force fumble. Um,
1: right he punched the which, ball out that uh, one of the most Reed one of the most important out. plays in the game great coverage down the middle deep middle on um is that Perriman Gage <sighs> the one at the I, at the I front have to the rewatch end, so, the game I have to rewatch um, it. I can't remember who the receiver was but he was right there with him and uh and made it you know impossible to reel in that play that uh that pass. so he, and, he played well
0: you know Overall. we're gonna talk about this We'll talk about this later when we talk more. We'll talk more about Keyshawn Nixon, but the Packers might have the two best gunners in the league, in my opinion. (laughs) Hot take. Uh, Not that hot, though, because they're insane. But Keyshawn Nixon, just a shout-out, he stepped in for Jair. They moved Rasul Douglas to the outside, so Stokes and Douglas played on the outside, and Keyshawn Nixon played on the inside. But just overall, the Packers' defense was so excellent outside of that first and last drive. I mean, third down defense, they held them to two of 11 with a one and they were one for one on fourth but so three of 12 in in shutting down opponent drives Um, other individual players who I thought played really well that we can maybe just touch on really quick Quay Walker had a really good game I thought I thought Campbell had a really good game I thought Kenny and Gary had really good games Um, I thought Stokes had a really good game I don't think I even heard his name once on the broadcast Uh, I thought Amos and Seth I honestly think Individually, most of the Packers secondary was really good, and then half the D line was really good, and both the linebackers were good. Um, yeah,
1: but we did struggle. I was looking a little bit on. Unco- we also struggled a little bit uncovering covering uh, Gage. Gage kind of. But
0: the thing is, all of Gage's stuff was this underneath, and they didn't. They didn't rally as well as you would have hoped they would. I feel like, but it, everything felt like underneath soft zone. Like
1: Gage yeah, was getting I that. I, I thought they tackled guys pretty quickly after the catches. I don't think there's the, that much. The yet.
0: tackling was better this week than last. week. Yes,
1: there were no I was watching that, especially in watching the first half, three quarters. There are not that many missed tackles. They're bringing people down pretty quickly. Yeah, just that more of that Gage was like caught twelve of his thirteen targets.
0: Yeah, that's that's a bit gross. He he did kind I of pop
1: off a little bit. Yeah, and then the, yeah, the the, the Pat's completion percentages were crazy high for a long time.
0: Yeah, but in the you game know, as
1: well. but Rizzo, I don't think they were producing much.
0: But the reason the Packers won was their defense. I think I don't think Absolutely.
1: that's. Yeah. No. It's it's, it's, <laughs> it's not even close. And though though I should say, I don't know if we're if you had more to say about that defense yet.
0: Uh I think we could let's talk a little bit more about the defense. Let's give them a little shine because what did they have? They had three sacks on the day.
1: Three sacks on the day and two fumble recoveries. It so, felt uh, yeah, lo- Gary like with they were his third getting straight game of the sack.
0: If they fo- so they forced two turnovers. It felt like they were back there a lot. It felt like they were making life hard for for um, Tom Brady, especially Kenny. I thought Kenny was at least early in the game abusing the defensive the offensive line, which is important to note because he was um, limited this week with a groin injury, and with we talked a little bit about in our pregame pod whether or not that might limit him like it had in the past when he had a groin injury two years ago.
1: Yeah, I wonder if he was getting a little uh, gassed um, out there. Gassed by the end of the game.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't blame him. That's hot as yep. hell. Um, um, and I thought, oh, man, I would just. I know he's probably not ready. I would love to see some more Wyatt. Um, I'm not entirely sure about a yeah, snap count rotating. this game. I don't think
1: they're just taking him slow like they did with Gary his rookie year.
0: Yeah, right? but he's an older rookie. This is the rookie, thing they do. So they, did it think... with,
1: they did it with Dylan, they did it with Gary. Um they even did they tried to do it with Jenkins except he was
0: it was just too well, good.
1: He was too good and then um uh,
0: Lane Taylor um, got the, hurt.
1: Lane Taylor got hurt. But yeah. they were easing him in and until so they but for Dylan and and Gary, they basically
0: Red-charted eased him, him in the
1: whole season. Yeah. I mean So I, I it's a tw- it, he's a twenty four year old rookie though. So he's kind of like a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a yeah
0: and i mean just to like look at the the defense again i mean they had a stretch in the middle of this game between those two if you don't count the first and the last which like i know is kind of if you don't count their two best drives um (laughs) (laughs) they they had one two i mean they had one two three four three and outs and then one drive of four yard uh, four plays allowed two drives of five plays allowed and then one drive of six plays allowed. It did feel like after that the, the one thing I will say for the defense also that I think they struggled with is I think they really struggled with the tempo and the heat. I don't know if that's that they're struggling with the tempo because like because of the heat, or if they're struggling with the tempo and the heat exacerbated that. Because when Tampa sped it up, they were not only did they look tired, they looked confused. They were guys open on that last drive a lot of the times because Tampa was speeding them up. And then people were not sure where to go. There was one play where Nixon and Quay Walker both came in and then Lenny mm-hmm. just went to the flat and they were not guarding Leonard Fournette at and all nope. on the last drive at all. He was yeah. so open on every play.
1: The other thing I noticed, I think they may have caught them, you know, with that tempo they wanted to sub out and couldn't. Um, I did but notice that it,
0: other teams are going to do that.
1: If they're able to be successful enough to continue to go tempo.
0: Other good I teams. Think they also got other good caught. teams are going to do that
1: yes but i you know it looked like on a couple of Tampa's more successful drives they had their backup edge rushers in i have to go back and watch the tape and to that's see a... if that just is just uh, if that holds <laughs> up to scrutiny if i look at it enough is you know it, on the, the you know on every play yeah i mean i is saw it gonna be i a saw difference? garvin but i noticed like garvin and and, and garvin, was out there, there on that last on that last drive yeah, I and I uh, saw Enigbare in there and um, But the one thing
0: footage. I did notice I did notice though is they weren't just alternating like two and two. They weren't doing like Preston they and Gary doing and less then of that this they year. weren't doing just Preston and Gary and then Enigbare and Garvin. They I saw Garvin out there with Gary, I saw Preston out there with Enigbare. I saw every combination essentially of the two of them. Uh of like the two edge rushers. And then a few with multiple edge rushers on the field. But it I think that's a good idea. I would rather one and I one. I
1: noticed that in other games as well, as opposed to last year where they just had two. They just said teams who are going to rest so <laughs> starters at the same time.
0: They said Kenny, you better get home because these guys are not going to.
1: So I do. I do prefer the strategy where they keep one of their frontline guys out there, um, and not take them both off the field at the same time. And I yeah. think they've been doing less of that this year. Yeah, and I think it's a good idea. I think so too. Um so so one thing we haven't talked about yet, we, special, sorry, teams? We, right? special, so special teams. Right? Special teams. Special teams. Special
0: we fence. yes, not special teams. We fence.
1: Only, but uh, it was mostly good. good. And maybe I'll 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 get the bad thing out of the way first. And that was the punt play from Tampa's own end zone. Where two separate penalties probably cost them an easy three points at least yeah if they didn't run into that so... punt, if they didn't run into the punter or get blocked into the punter or however you want to take that they had yeah. the ball on like the 32
0: that's what i was the gonna Artie, say is it felt Artie like they range. that's what i was gonna say though it felt like that call was kind of ticky tacky and so was the block in the back honestly to me i know i'm biased but i thought they were kind of ticky tack um and you want your we fence to be aggressive there like you want yeah, them to go for but, the block. But
1: that was just a huge difference between we're in range to get points and make it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, a, I know. I know need, what you're saying. That they would need another score, and we lost like thirty some yards. 38, 38 yards, yards 38, thirty-eight yards, something like yeah. that. So I mean, that we we almost had a score in the bag. That, yeah, that I mean,
0: couldn't. there was that and then there was Amari fair catching one that he was he really shouldn't have he had near room near the
1: very end it's like was but it the last punchy he i
0: caught? i was talking with some people about this i am okay with him fair catching a few that he shouldn't if it means he never gra- like doesn't fair catch one that he should i am okay with having <laughs> he gets some blown up and i drops i am the okay ball. i am okay with having some like false positives if the positive is a fair catch in this instance if it if it means you have some some like false ne- – like if you don't have false negatives where you don't ca- call a fair catch and you get rocked and fumble the ball, like I would much I was, rather you just call I fair catch. I was
1: wondering when it happens, like I wonder if they told him to do this because they don't want to risk a turnover deep in their own territory I wouldn't, with, a, with a lead this late in the game.
0: I wouldn't blame them, but we were talking about the positives of WeFence. fence. So. so, let's, but let's anyway. Go. Yeah. So, Rudy R- R- Ford a bit. and Keyshawn Nixon are the best gunners in the league. I am sipping the Kool Aid. I am here <laughs> for it. They are. They are them. They are them. Yeah.
1: I was thinking about this, like, you know what? To get really to get good coverage, and and um, prevent big returns. It's a whole nother first down. You really need all you really need are two good gunners. Yeah. All, you get and it, two and it's, good gunners. The difference... And in the a, other guys run around the background have almost nothing to do.
0: Exactly. It's great. I love it. Because if <laughs> you're forcing a fair catch, fair the difference catch. between zero yards and a 12-yard return is a whole set of downs. It's a whole first yeah. down the offense
1: has to get. Just Yeah, the, the, the number of fair catches they're forcing is awesome.
0: Yeah, and um, t- the tackle by the sideline by Ford, I mean... The Wii fence was showing out. I mean, Pat O'Donnell. Shout out to him because he put five oh, yeah. of seven punts in, in here, the. He put five
1: or seven punts inside the twenty. And somebody, I think, Packers Twitter said out that that was the, mo- the tied for the most punts inside the twenty for Green Bay since 1976. I mean, it's isn't it? That lovely? was what. That was when I was still in elementary school. <laughs> That's how far back that is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, <laughs> it's such a difference because I think something that a lot of people have talked about, um, specifically Andy Herman of the Packaday podcast, has talked about like, hey, if you're going to be a defense first team, the special teams can't be a tire fire because then they'll have good field position every time. And the defense, like, there's nothing the defense can do. And so far, I mean, shout out Basaccia, shout out the guys that they brought in specifically to fix this in Nixon and Ford and O'Donnell and Levitt the special, the defense fence has been good. Like yeah, not even just passable, not passable. Good.
1: Yeah. You know, since you brought it up. So, so Tampa, you know, O'Donnell had seven punts. Mm-hmm. Um, Tampa only was able to return three of them at all. You know, yeah. four of them didn't get returned at all. And those three returns were only 8.7 yards. So that's, you know, if you average over all the punts, it's not much at all. And, plus the one they pinned at the two. Um, And then Tampa's starting position, I I went through all this because I remember before the game somebody talked about their uh, start. So um, it was like – twenty. so Tampa started at the 25-yard line, 23, 25, 25, 13, 47 after the last turnover, 11, 14, 25, and 11 for an average starting field position of the 20-yard line. Now, for football outsiders – they had been basically tied for first for an average starting field position of the thirty-three Tampa? yard line. Tampa. Tampa was? Tampa. They mm-hmm. had like the best starting position on average for the season, and so we held them thirteen yards behind their their normal starting position. So that's a combination. That's of, the yeah, difference. The,
0: that that could be the difference in a game. It was a two-point oh, yeah. game.
1: But one thing that was interesting. So I, and I didn't. It, I wasn't intending to look was it. Little surprised that Green Bay came in actually in second place for. Mm, for starting, starting field position, field, starting field position against. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yes. So this is in line with what they've been doing to, so far this season. And so You'd love to for see the it. season coming into today. They, their opponents have been starting at the 22. So and the
0: we the we, fence, the we fence being good is just such a. I think it's important. Um, and it's just it'll help the defense so much for a team that's offense is going yeah. to
1: struggle like we want no more short fields no more short fields exactly
0: but i think one thing i want to talk about before we wrap up here um is the play of the game let's talk a little bit about that two-point conversion how like i was so tight i was so tense
1: (laughs) Uh, and i feel like also so many times where i feel like the
0: two-point conversion was
1: like a guarantee yes well
0: you know why it wasn't a guarantee Tom Brady doesn't know how to count. <laughs> Tom Brady does not know how to it's count. Fourth
1: down now. It's fourth down now, right?
0: Tom Brady doesn't know how to count. So if you guys didn't see, Tom Brady took a delay of game because he was trying to change the play. So normally, they're at the two-yard line for two-point conversion. And,
1: and Tampa was out of
0: timeouts. Tampa's out of timeouts. They're scrambling around. And then Brady, with eight seconds left, is like ch- trying to change the whole play. Takes a delay of game. It goes back to the seven. I mean... I think that alone is going to, is I think the difference in the game. Do you know how one play from the seven versus one play from the two, the difference is astronomical? You can no longer run, you can't run the ball anymore if you're at the seven. It has to be a pass. Yeah. They were
1: going to run. I think they're going to hand it off. The oh, money. they
0: were going to run it straight up our throats. Like, I don't know if I don't. I mean, there's no way of knowing now. I'm going to say obviously now, of course, we would have stopped them. But Devondre Campbell with the play of the game, that is our all, first team all pro linebacker smacking the ball out of the air, which and apparently did you
1: see, he said he knew it was coming.
0: Well, did you see that Rogers saw, said he saw something on the jumbotron before the play, and went and told Lafleur that he saw it on the jumbotron. He wouldn't tell him what it is. Hopefully, he says on McAfee this week, um, but that gave away like what Tampa was doing, and then that got relayed in.
1: Oh, I see. It was called. It was. Uh, it was just noticed on the sideline. Yeah, I Roger said he noticed around. something.
0: Roger said quote I think the quote was sometimes the jumbotron shows things it's not supposed to, end quote. <laughs> Which I'm guessing like he saw like he could read the lips of like a defensive coordinator oh, you or think saw he read lips. the lips. You call. don't think it was
1: just the alignment.
0: Maybe it was the alignment, but I feel like you could see that without the Jumbotron. Yeah. Um The other
1: thing that was interesting, if you wish to look at the play though, Campbell'd make this awesome play. deflect the Savage is right there. Savage is in position. Right there, yes. He's on it too.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's just great that they – I mean, they didn't buckle down on the drive, but they buckled down when they had to. They did what they needed to do. Um, yep. <laughs> but I guess let's let's kind of wrap it I, up.
1: So, <laughs> oh, go
0: ahead, yeah, yeah, so, Go ahead. Go ahead. So do the,
1: the, the wrap-up, which is kind of – I don't know if you have anything more um, um, for your closing thoughts. Okay, are we into closing thoughts now?
0: Just uh, that that two-point conversion aged me about a decade.
1: <laughs> I'm uh, So after that, I had to go and do a little walk around the neighborhood. Yeah, Walk it off. Walk it off. Let, let, it let off. the stress, let the heart rate come down. <laughs> ease up. So I put oh, on. Man. I put on my. I, I put on some music, just shuffling through my playlist. And the song that comes on is Gil Scott from Gil Scott Heron. Rest in peace. Shout out. The revolution will not be televised.
0: And That's so, a good song.
1: in my in my head, I've got the overtime will not be televised. The overtime will not be televised. The overtime will not be televised. The overtime will not be televised, not be televised. <sighs> because there's not there is no overtime. overtime thank you
0: very much what was it um <laughs> did you see what
1: their decompressing
0: did you see what they're promoing um next week sunday night football mahomes uh brady with what's oh, uh,
1: um yes Neil, uh, old man take uh, Neil a Young. look at my life i saw yes. that old man <laughs> yes. that's that so f-
0: so freaking funny but anyways <laughs> we're starting to lose the plot a little bit we're getting deep into this episode dad do you want to just kind of wrap it up with your general thoughts of the game
1: so i th- what I just say I kind of what I brought to the The final picture, actually, looking at the the, the 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 sum of the of the parts, was that it was overall a pr- pretty good outing. It was interesting. So we had, if you go in granularly, like that sum seemed to be more than the um, the individual parts. Just, but the, the overall performance, I think, it's we got what we wanted out of there. We're set up better for the rest of the season. We won a game that a lot of people preseason might have put down as a loss, and that is going to be nice for the rest of the week.
0: Exactly. The, it's way better to win than to lose. That's, these are my final closing thoughts. Way better to win than to lose. Ugly win better than a pretty loss. Results in A+. plus. This is big for the tiebreaker in the NFC. Got If you escape with a win, you still get a win. But anyways... Thank you guys so much for coming and listen to our post game. We'll be doing a pregame on Thursday night for the Packers Sunday afternoon matchup against the new England Patriots. I'll uh, we'll be camping. You updated Mac Jones has a high ankle sprain, so he might not even play. We might be playing against Brandon Hoyer on um, Sunday afternoon. So keep an eye on Twitter and keep an eye on us at father son Packer on Twitter. We'll be tweeting through all that news. Um, father son Packers podcast on YouTube. Come check us out. You can find us on any, any podcast platform of choice. But until next time, Go Pack Go!
1: Go Pack Go!